and welcome back to the Holistic Women's Health Podcast. On today's episode, I have Suzanne Monroe. Suzanne is the founder of the International Association of Wellness Professionals and director of the Holistic Wellness Coach Certification and Training Program. After experiencing career burnout in conjunction with a familial health crisis, Suzanne had a wake-up moment that led her to discover her passion for holistic wellness and her purpose of helping others. Now she aims to help people reawaken their purpose and find a career that they love. She's also the author of Live Well, Dream Big, The Ultimate Guide to Becoming Your Best Self and Living Life on Your Own Terms, and the podcast host of the Live Well, Dream Big. Welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you so much for having me, Alex. Super excited to be here and connect with your audience. So, Yes, I'm so excited to talk about this topic, even just a little bit selfishly for myself as well, just, you know, going from more of the traditional dietetics hospital route. And then, you know, I'm that very go, go, go person always doing different courses and studying different things. And then to becoming an entrepreneur, which is a whole side of burnout, which we'll get into. But if you could start off by your personal story and um, yeah, just diving into that. Well, that sounds good. Yeah. I mean, my career burnout story, like, like you said, you're an entrepreneur, you have these different careers, like there's different phases to it, but I'll just share that. Like from a very young age, I was always kind of wondering, what am I going to be when I grow up? And of course, every kid wonders that, right? They get asked that question, but it was one of those things where I just, I never knew the answer. And even as I moved into like young adult, I just, there was nothing really resonating. And because of that, I just followed the formula that my parents laid out before me, which was you go to a good school, you get good grades, and you go on and get a good job. And you stay in that good job, and that's really, you know, that's success. You're all done. (laughs) So I followed that path, and it landed me in my first job in Chicago in this fast-paced consulting firm. And my first couple of weeks on the job, I noticed, oh, my coworkers are sleeping under their desks. So I thought that was kind of interesting and a little strange, you know, that little cubby under the desk. Yeah, they would like spend the night there or they had spent the night at the office and they were just like trying to get a cat nap during the day because they had been up all night. And so it being my first kind of professional job in the corporate world, I thought, well, like maybe this is normal. I don't know. Um, And so things kind of evolved from there. I always tell the story. It's kind of funny. Like once I saw my boss in his pajama pants, just going to the bathroom to brush his teeth. I'm like, okay, this is embarrassing. (laughs) Um, But, you know, that was really the company culture. And you were really expected to give your life over. And, you know, that was that. And I was hired to work for this company because I speak Spanish, at least I spoke fluently at the time, and um, I was traveling all over Latin America. And while that might sound glamorous, it actually really extended my hours. So not only did I have these really long hours during the work week, but we were expected to kind of travel to location on the weekends. And of course, you have jet lag. So this was all kind of like this perfect storm for career burnout because I really, you know... I was eating on the go. I had very little sleep. There was a lot of stress. There was a lot of pressure on me. And I landed in Argentina on this project. And all of a sudden, it's like two or three in the morning. We had been up several nights in a row. That was what was expected. And I was with the team. And I just, I put my head down on my desk. And I was finally like, I I can't do this anymore. And I got up and I went to go to sleep. And really, I realized it's not that I can't just stay up another night on this project. I don't think I can do this job anymore or this lifestyle anymore. And that was really kind of a a defining moment for me. And I ended up leaving that position. Now, the interesting thing was I ended up in other positions where 
uh, while they looked different on the outside and the people were different, the culture was similar and there was still a big imbalance in the way that people really approached work and what was really expected of people. And um, I continued on this career burnout path until ultimately I realized, you know, no one is coming to save me. And if I want to do something about this, I'm going to have to take my own action because I can sit here and blame my boss. I can blame my coworkers. I can blame the company culture, but it doesn't matter. This is on me and I've got to really be able and willing to kind of take a look at myself and what I is, what it is I want to do about this. So that was uh, kind of, you know, a, a pivotal point as well, like realizing, okay, no one's coming to save me and I've got to do something. Incredible story. I mean... There's so much that I want to get your opinion on. There's one, I mean, the first thing that you said of we're expected from a young age to know what we want to do. And it's kind of just topics of conversation. Like you ask a five-year-old, what do you want to be when you grow up? And then, you know, you pressure them all until they're in, in high school. And then it's like, well, you have to go to school. You have to go to university or college to get a good job. So what do you want to do? And I know there's so much pressure and school is so much money by the time you get to college university that it's, there's a lot of pressure to pick something that will quote unquote, make a lot of money instead of, well, what are you really passionate about? So what are your thoughts on, on, you know, asking those questions from such a age and then pressuring teens to decide like, what do you want to do? <laughs> yeah. Well, because of my own story, I have an 11 year old son. And because of my own story, I've always been like, well, I'm not going to bug him with that question, you know, like just let him explore whatever. But of course, other people ask him. And it was just so ironic you're asking this because a couple of months ago, he said to me, you know what, mom, people sometimes ask me what I want to be when I grow up. And you know what? I just want to be myself. I thought, well, that sounds really good. <laughs> like, let's just all be ourselves, right? So it was just such a sweet and innocent moment that really that is all we're really meant to be is to truly be ourselves, to tap into our purpose. So I'm like, okay, he's my little sage. I'm like, I got to like take this in, right? Because it, it, it's it's so true. How do we get to be ourselves, right? And I think we get caught up in so many things that can be happening to us and we um, add on all these layers and we kind of lose ourselves. There's something that oftentimes happens for people and your community might resonate with this being so interested in holistic health um, is that oftentimes um, for people who are really um, you know, on this career burnout path is that sometimes even if they're just pushing ahead, something happened that really stops them in their tracks and oftentimes it can be a health crisis. And that's actually what happened to me. So while I was facing the career burnout, this is kind of another thing that was going on. My husband at the time was diagnosed with an incurable illness. Okay. This is almost 20 years ago now. And, um, you know, we went to the doctors and they said, oh, sorry, but there's not much you can do here. You can take a pill, but it's pretty much downhill from here. And so because we really had no options there, we ended up just kind of diving into the whole area of holistic wellness and saying, well, you know, we got to find a solution here. And I really became the researcher. I really became the coach. And that's what really ignited my passion for holistic health and wellness. But what happened was we found another way. And, you know, fast forward to today, he's doing well. He's all's well. Right. So what they said was going to happen to him didn't happen. The point and why this was so important to me and my journey and my story is that I realized, okay, <laughs> the traditional path was like, this is the way you can go. And like, it wasn't going to work out. Right. So we had to explore something else. And so I started taking this mindset into the whole career journey. I was like, oh, again, I do I really have to follow that formula that was laid out before me? You know, go to the good school, get good grades, get a good job. If this didn't work, could I actually apply this over here? And so it was this huge reevaluation moment for me where I realized, wow, there's 
different paths in everything that we're doing in life. And again, kind of back to my son, it's like, how do we find ourselves on that path? So I really applied this thinking to my career. And that's when I decided I'm going a totally different direction. I'm not going to follow that formula anymore. And I'm going to go out on my own and really try to figure out what is it that lights me up. So um, there was a lot going on at that time in my journey. Incredible. Well, I'm, I'm so glad that your husband's doing well right now and you guys have figured it out and found this amazing career for yourself now. And I'm curious, going back to that corporate job and while you were in it, did you experience any signs and symptoms of, of that burnout or there's that fine line between chronic stress and then reaching over into that burnout? So <laughs> for you, yeah. what was that point? Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think that's such a good question. You make you make a good point there too, because you know, I always say all stress is not created equal. Like there, there's okay, it's okay to have some stress. Actually, a good there having stress, a, a moderate amount of it is actually healthy for us, right? It boosts our brain's performance, it gives us energy. Um, but when it goes on too long and it starts to kind of build up in the body, that's when we start to see problems. So at the time, I had ongoing stress every day. Because I didn't have the awareness of how to care for myself, right? That's what starts building up in the body and impacting our immune system and, you know, doing lots of different things in there. So I think it's important for people, I always say, address the stress. Like you don't have to end up in burnout if you can bring this awareness to the stress that you're experiencing. We can't necessarily get rid of stress, but we can do a lot of things to address the stress. And I think that's really important. So for me, I mean, yeah, looking back, wow. I mean, again, I was, you know, I was addicted to sugar. I was addicted to caffeine, all these things that I needed to kind of keep me going because everything else was out. It was in balance. Um, so I think, you know, when we have too much stress, it goes on for too long. It takes us into these heightened states and we have to really be able to address it earlier so that it doesn't really get stuck in the body. That's the way I like to think about it. And when you, you know, when you're stressed, you're just doing, doing, doing. But when you hit burnout, the way I like to explain it to people is you can't do anymore. And that's when you realize you can't get out of bed, right? And it reminds me of a coach in our community, actually, Kim Goltham. She was a very similar path to me where she was working in this really fast-paced corporate job. She just loved what she was doing, but she said she was a performance addict, right? She was traveling. She was just giving all to her company. And one day, she couldn't get out of bed anymore. Ultimately, she was a, a diagnosed with adrenal fatigue, but she was just, what, what happened, right? Because she wasn't addressing the stress. And there she was. She couldn't move. And her health just kind of went downhill very quickly from there. Now, fast forward to today, you know, this was a moment. It was a reevaluation moment because she was able to dive into her health to really go on this new path. And it ignited this whole new career for her where she's a holistic wellness coach supporting people who were like her, you know, these super women who are performance addicts, right? So I think, I think that's something that always speaks to me too, is that we have these moments in our life that feel so challenging at the time. They feel so horrible. Like when I found out my husband was diagnosed with an incurable illness, right? But in a way it becomes a gift because um, it, it oftentimes if we're willing, it can lead us to a new path, right? If we're willing to look at it. And so we have a saying in our community, which is life is happening for you, not to you. And if life is happening for you, not to you, that means that everything that's happening is really meant to guide you on this path of your purpose. And if we can just find our calm in the crisis, if we can get out of that stuck mode and say, wow, even though this seems really ugly right now, right now this seems really hard right now, what here is for me? And I think that that can be so powerful because I've seen it happen for myself. I saw it happen for Kim. I've seen it for every coach in our community and so many people that I know. 
And, and even a few uh, guests on your show, as I was listening to your podcast, it seems like a real similar thing. People have this crisis that happens to them, but it becomes this turning point. And um, I think that that's a real opportunity for people who are facing career burnout today to say, okay, even though this feels really hard right now, what here is happening for me? I mean, there's so much that you said that I just absolutely love that life is happening for me and not to me. That's something I've heard before that always resonates with me. And it's all about that hero's journey. And something I do want to ask you about is, is some of that life's purpose and soul's purpose. And just like you said, a lot of us who are in the careers that we're in now, it's because we had to go through some sort of adversity or hardship or something that all of a sudden is your turning point. You're like, okay, what lesson do I have to learn from this? Or in my case, how can I heal what I'm going through? And and that leads us to where we're going now. So something before we get into the purpose, you did mention a little bit of the the signs and symptoms, like, you know, addicted to sugar or caffeine, just to keep you going throughout the day. Are there any other signs and symptoms that you notice when someone is at that burnout stage in their career? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think it it comes across different layers, right? Like there's the mental layer where we have brain fog, right? And this is where you're doing something and then you just completely forget what you were doing, right? And sure, that happens to all of us from time to time. But when it's happening repeatedly, this mental exhaustion, that's a huge sign. So I say that's something to look out for. Another, of course, is the physical aspect, just the physical exhaustion. If you're feeling completely physically exhausted at the end of every day, um, especially after your career, right? If you're experiencing career burnout um, and then you're coming home and you don't have that energy to really like restore yourself for the next day, what you're going to find yourself doing is numbing out, which is basically, there's a lot of ways we can numb out, right? We can, we can scroll social, we can like do Netflix, we can drink a bottle of wine. There's a lot of things we can do to numb out. I'm not saying any of those things are bad, okay? It's, you know, people have different personal choices about how they want to spend their time. But it's when we find ourselves doing that because we're so exhausted that we can't do something else to care for ourselves, And that becomes our self-care. That's the physical aspect. And then I would say there's the emotional aspect, which is huge. And for me, and I would say for a lot of people, the emotional aspect is simply that you feel trapped and you're coming from a mind for mindset of like, this is just the way it is. I'm trapped and I'm stuck. And there's no way really out of this, right? And that's not true, right? There's always a way to change and to evolve. Um, But when you feel burnout, when you're experiencing burnout, you feel trapped. So yeah, it's kind of across those areas, I think mental, mental, physical, and emotional. And any one of those things could be happening for somebody or they could all be happening. Oftentimes they compound (laughs) themselves. Yeah, those I remember, especially during not to bring up the past, but during the pandemic, a lot of people who worked through the pandemic, which was me and I was working at a a wellness clinic. And so supplements were in super demand and everybody wanted to, to get their supplements to keep up on their health. But everybody at the clinic wasn't, you know, they were all laid off. So it was just me managing one whole side of the clinic all by myself and on top of running my business and being a nutritionist at that clinic and you know doing social media for the clinic and it was basically like five jobs in one and i just one day just couldn't do it all of a sudden i was driving to work i spiked this crazy high fever my heart started racing i like my vision got blurry and i just went total panic attack which had never happened before and i was like okay something needs to change because I can't keep doing this. 
I'm exhausted. I don't want to talk to anyone. I'm becoming antisocial. I just, I dread, I cry when I wake up in the morning, just thinking about going to work. So that for me was a turning point to be like, okay, something needs to change. So I can totally relate to a lot of the, the symptoms that you're listing off. Is there, I'm just curious about different types of personalities and that, like your boss who was just you know, slept in his PJs at work and going to brush his teeth was, were they happy about that? Or was that just like the norm? Or can some people handle it differently than others? What does that look like? I think that's a good question. I just want to also touch on something you said with your story, because I find that, um, you know, that was so interesting, but that you were able to, you kind of had that reevaluation moment that that crisis happened, but you were like, okay, you were willing to say, okay, something's going on here. Oftentimes people just kind of try to recover from that and move on. Right. So I think, I mean, that's like kudos to you, but you know, it's interesting because I think with everything that did happen with the pandemic, it was in, you know, and it kind of basically led to the great resignation, right. With millions of Americans leaving their jobs. I think it was like 4.5 million people left in one month alone last year was insane, but they actually surveyed those people. And what they said, the number one reason that they had, they were leaving their positions, 89% of them, I believe said they were burned out and unsupported, burned out and unsupported. Right. So of course, and then you add to that, everything that was happening, like, especially with healthcare and the pandemic, it's like, of course, folks like yourself and others who were really on the front lines, it was like, they were doing it all alone and, and they've lost all the support. So they're unsupported and they're totally burned out. Like when you get to that point, you just cannot go on any further. And, you know, okay, uh, back to what you're saying about personalities, you know, I think for sure there's always a different personalities and pe- some people are more drivers. They're more, um, you know, they just have a certain way of doing things. And, but I, I think that's oftentimes the people that actually do end up burned out as well. Um, because they're, they, but it doesn't always happen for them right away. And they also are really surprised by it because like my story I told about Kim or even the story with myself, it's like, you know, you're, you're really dedicated to doing things and you have this energy and you're always kind of moving forward. You have goals. Right. And so it doesn't always show up kind of right away. Like, uh, but it still can happen for you. So that's kind of my thinking on it. Mm-hmm. And then if you could speak on, is it the job or is it the person? Because some people would quit their job, like you said, that great resignation, go to a different job and still experience burnout because they're the type that is go, 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 type A, give me all the workload and I'm, you know, your go-to person, I'll get it done. So having that person just go from job to job to job isn't going to solve anything. What would you say to that person? Well, that's where, and that's, you know, that is kind of what happened to me. So it's a little bit for sure. Like if we want to, you know, talk about like corporations today, like there's a mentality that I think it's probably evolving. I mean, I'm a little out of touch with it because I've been an entrepreneur for so long, but when I talk to people like that's still there, of course, people have added in workplace wellness and they have more, uh, things for people to do, but it doesn't mean that, um, you know, everything is perfect yet. I think there's a long way to go. And with that being said, a lot of it has to do with the pressure that we put on ourselves. I was speaking to a podcast host who actually is in France uh, yesterday. And he was saying, you know, it's a little bit different there. You know, we're really, we really appreciate more like this balance and there's not as much of that same drive to achieve, achieve, achieve. But so some of it, I think for sure is just ingrained in our culture. But for me, I had to get really clear on my personal principles. Um, And I call these my personal principles because they're basically, you know, I was on this path where, um, 
you know, I felt that I had certain goals that I was like always trying to achieve, but were they really part of this bigger picture? Like, were they really that important to me? And when I started to really get clear about my personal principles, it kind of started to change things for me. And so your personal principles are basically what you deeply care about. Okay. Kind of like values, but I think they go a little bit a step further. Um, and I think it's really important to get clear on your personal principles. Cause again, we spend like 90,000 hours at work in a lifetime, which is like an insane number you probably have heard before, but if we're not tying what we do every day to our personal principles, like that's a lot of time. Right. And so what is the purpose of a lifetime? If we're not coming from this place of our personal principles. So I'll just give you an example of personal principles. So for listeners who are like, okay, let me try to play with this a little bit. Um, some of my personal principles are obviously holistic wellness has been a part of my life for the last couple of decades. Uh, family, you know, my son, my husband and our extended family are really important to us, spend a lot of time with them. And then I had another one, freedom, which again, these all kind of sound like values, but let me share with you like how freedom became something else, which really made it more of a personal principle. Over the last couple of years, even, um, I really fine-tuned it more to sovereignty. And, you know, you're like, what's sovereignty? Okay, like kings and queens were sovereigns. They had this, like, you know, uh, rulership, this authority. But it's really about self-sovereignty, which for me has been, yes, freedom. But the freedom to be able to listen to my inner truth, my inner voice, and then take action from there. See, because we're all listening to all the different voices outside ourselves right now, right? Whether it's social media, whether it's our friends, whether it's our own kind of limiting beliefs, whether, you know, family, whatever it is. And we oftentimes don't take that time to figure out, again, what our personal principles are, but allow ourselves to guide ourselves to what it is we're meant to do. So I would say to people who are like really feeling, you know, okay, should I leave my job? Should I stay? Like, is it the company? Is it the me? Like, get carve out some time for the personal principles. And then start aligning your life with those principles in whatever you do. Doesn't mean you necessarily have to leave your job, but you might show up differently in your job. Um, or it might mean like, hey, this doesn't align at all and I've got to make a change. Do I have to do it overnight? No, we can take small steps to move forward. I think small steps are really important. They add up to bigger steps. Mm-hmm. I'm curious for your journey going to corporate to entrepreneurship, did you realize this is what you want to do or when did you really have a sit down and say, okay, what do I want to do as you were leaving your corporate job? Yeah. Well, I go back to that moment with my husband and the incurable illness because that became like, wow, I have to solve this, right? Kind of that mentality of like, okay, I got this, right? But it became such a passion because I saw the results that not only he had, but that impacted my own life. And it became, and that happens a lot for people when they first get into wellness specifically. It's like, it becomes so life-changing that you're like, oh my gosh, people need to know about this, right? And you just want to share and help it with as many people as possible. So when that started to happen, and as I saw that my career at the time was totally out of alignment with that, because by the way, at that at that time, I was actually working in a pharmaceutical company as a, a, a sales consultant. Okay, so like... T- total opposite ends of the spectrum in terms of wellness, right? Like over by day, you know, by day I was uh, going into doctor's offices and talking about prescriptions and things like that. And by night I was like, you know, on the weekends practicing everything in holistic wellness. So it really became this conflict and it was, it was, I, it was challenging, right? But I'm so grateful now looking back that I had that experience because it actually really led to to what I'm doing today. But at the time I was like, oh my gosh, this is, you know, so strange. It felt so opposite ends of the spectrum. Um, So anyway, um, you know, I I don't even know, I'm kind of going on a tangent here about all this, but 
when I had that, those two things going on and I was actually moonlighting at the time. So I was working my day job and then I started working with clients in the evenings. Um, even though I was facing career burnout, what happened was I was like, Oh, I'm, I, you know, I'm, this is really making me feel alive. This is really like sparking something with me. So even though I was exhausted by day, like there was something that was coming alive in these other times. And, um, again, it was about small steps, right? So I had that moment of, okay, this is what I want to do, but you know, I also was not like, I'm going to up and leave my day job and go cold turkey because I'm very risk averse. And the reason I'm risk averse kind of goes back to some of the things that, you know, you learn from your parents. And one of the ones that um, besides following the formula, one of the other ones um, my dad passed down to me was you never risk a lot for a little. This was just kind of a little adage. She used to like to say, you know, go around saying it. And so, but for me, I kind of took this in. It was like, you never risk a lot for a little. And what that meant was that I'm going to, I'm going to stay in this job no matter how burnt out I am because leaving would be a risk, right? And you can't take that kind of a risk. So ultimately I came head to head with this whole story of, okay, am I going to follow the formula? Am I going to take the risk? And ultimately became more about not taking, not taking the step forward became riskier than staying where I was. Mm -hmm. That's a powerful realization of, okay, something needs to change. And in your, as you're in this job now, have you experienced any burnout doing what you're doing now? Oh, heck yeah. So like, (laughs) (laughs) so like, you know, we, I, we, one of the things we teach our coaches in our community and our certification program is they, they start, they, um, they go through this process where they write out their story. You know, it can be very cathartic and very healing to write out your full story. Right. But we all have what I call micro stories. These are kind of these like mini stories that are almost like these milestone moments throughout our life. And they are really important because there's things that are happening there. They're kind of like these life lessons that we're meant to learn. And I kind of like to think of it, okay, if there's somebody up there in the sky, higher power looking down, they're like, oh, these are the four moments that Alex is going to be experiencing in her life that are going to be like really pivotal, her big life lessons, right? They are sometimes those reevaluation moments. So we have all these kind of different stories along the, the way. And so today we're kind of talking about my early part of my journey, which is really kind of the career burnout story. But then I do, I go out on my path and and I say, I'm going to become an entrepreneur and I'm going to start my own coaching practice and my own business. And this was at a time, you know, almost two decades ago when this was, you know, not as common as it is today. Um, people were kind of like, huh, what's a coach? And they were also like, you're going to leave your great day job to do this. Are you absolutely insane? I mean, I got a lot of raised eyebrows, right? Um, and so I got, you know, started on this journey and I had another dark night of the soul, which is, you know, um, all of a sudden I'm wearing all of the hats in my business. I'm, you know, not only am I the coach and, you know, but I'm also the breadwinner of the family. I'm also uh, become a mother during this time. Um, I'm also, you know, I have to do bookkeeping all of a sudden and marketing and I'm like taking all of this on. Right. And so while I was seeing some level of success, I was also heading toward burnout again. And, um, you know, so yeah, like it was there. And so I think that's the thing. It's like, you got to keep adjusting, right? And even now today, right? Years later, because of like kind of what you said, like it's not that you actually get rid of the um, tendencies and characteristics that might lead you toward burnout, but you, again, you become more aware. And I think now 
I can see those things coming through and I have to stop myself. But I have the awareness now because I've repeated it too many times in the past that I'm not going to allow myself to go there. But I have to be very mindful and I have to incorporate different practices into my day to really bring through this mindfulness so that I stay balanced, right? So that I walk my talk for my community and also just for my own health and my life and my family. And it becomes such a commitment for you because when you've experienced how dark it can get, um, you know, you you recommit at a new level. So yeah, I think, you know, if you talk about the entrepreneurial journey, a lot of entrepreneurs today, um, especially as we've seen so many people decide to kind of start their own businesses because we have all this virtual technology now. Everybody went virtual, you know, over the last couple of years. Everyone's like, hey, I have an online business. Um, you know, it doesn't mean we have all the skills to actually uh run a business, right? So those are things you have to learn over time. And so we see a lot of entrepreneurs right now really facing, you know, heading toward burnout. And um, I know for coaches in our community, like this is a big topic because we as being as wellness professionals, you know, and and really wanting to walk our talk, we have to also find that balance for ourselves. Otherwise, what happens is we have this kind of imposter syndrome come up where all of a sudden we're helping others with their wellness, but we're heading down the path of not feeling well, <laughs> right? So again, it's something top of mind that we're like, okay, I've got to not only support people, but I got to remember to support myself. And I think that's huge for anybody, no matter where you are on the journey, whether you're on the path to becoming an entrepreneur, you're, you're interested in maybe becoming a coach, or maybe you're just staying in your career and you absolutely love what you do. We all have to kind of start to bring forth this mindfulness and this accountability for ourselves. And again, it comes back to no one's going to do it for you. Um, and really making that choice now. Mm-hmm. Yep. No one's going to do it for you. <laughs> you're in charge here. Yeah. <laughs> and it sounds like your two different experiences with career burnout were very different from when you're in corporate to an entrepreneur being your own boss. And it sounds like awareness is top of mind. Are there any other tips and tricks in your toolbox that you used for yourself when you're going through either periods of long-term stress or burnout in these days? I'll say this, it all to me comes down to getting into an alignment, right? When we're out of alignment, whether it's with our purpose and our passion or whether it's with our health, whether it's with really any area of our complete total wellness picture, things start to fall apart, right? And I ultimately had to develop my own alignment formula. And I'll just say, as it relates to kind of finding your purpose and your career and avoiding career burnout, I had to replace that formula that, you know, my parents uh, kind of laid out before me. It wasn't, it wasn't going to be about going to the good school, getting the good grades and getting the good job anymore. Because if I was relying on that, you know, that, that wasn't the path I was going. So I had to say, well, what does this really look like for me? Um, and ultimately, I came up with what I kind of call my alignment formula today. There's three components to it. I'll share it with you um, because it could be helpful for people today who are listening and they're like, okay, wow, I, I, I've gone through some of this work and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm facing career burnout and I realize, you know, I don't feel in alignment no matter what I do to care for myself. Like this position is not right for me anymore. I want to look at something else. So there's three things and it's natural talents, passion, and your story. Okay. So what are your natural talents? Well, these are basically the things that just come naturally to you. They come easily to you. It's kind of the things that people always tell you, wow, you're really good at that, Alex. Like you're just amazing at talking to people, interviewing people, connecting with people. Um, you know, and and sometimes we don't even realize our own natural talents because we think, oh, everybody can do this, right? Then there's your passion. Your passion is, you know, a lot of people say, what is my passion in life? Your passion is really like what you can spend hours doing and it can evolve over time, right? There's a quote out there by, I think her name is Kristen Mertz. And she says, 
we lose ourselves in the things we love, but we also find ourselves there. And I just love that quote because it speaks to passion so so perfectly, right? So where can you lose yourself? Where do you just spend hours passing time by? And you're like, oh, four hours went by. I can't believe it. And then the third part, which is super important, is your story. We were talking about the story before. You got the big story. You got the micro stories. Um, but bringing your story forward through your natural talents and passions is what's really going to bring the alignment for you in terms of your purpose and really what you're meant to do. And your story is like what's happened over your life and what are some of those milestone moments and how does it fit into the talents and passion? Now, someone might be listening to this, Alex, and be like, okay, that sounds great, Suzanne, but like, how does this really play out? And I'll just use myself as an example is that um, my natural talents are creating systems out of information, which sounds a little boring, sounds a little weird. And I just thought it was something everybody could do. But basically, I can take in a lot of information and then create a system that people can actually use and apply to their own life. Um, I have no idea where this came from, but it's just a natural talent. And then my passion, of course, became about holistic wellness because that was really the journey I went on. It's something that ignited something so powerful in me. And you know, of course, I could spend hours just reading books about all different things, right? And then my story, well, what was my story? Well, the real big milestone moment for me was realizing that I could carve my own path and create happiness and success, right? I didn't have to follow the rules. And in fact, I could break the rules. And even further, it was safe to break the rules, right? So that became my story. Now, fast forward to today as the founder of the International Association of Wealth. Wellness professionals, wellness professionals, what we do over there is we support other people to tap into their passion of holistic wellness to carve their own path using our systems, right? So, you know, you think, okay, that's kind of crazy that all came together, these three components. And I would say for anybody who tries this out, like, just start playing with it. It might be a light bulb moment where it all comes together, but oftentimes it's going to happen over like a little bit longer time period. So be open to that and like revisiting it. But it's really amazing how those three components can actually set you on the course to what's going to be more purposeful for you. Mm -hmm. I know one of the five regrets of the dying is be either working too much, not spending enough time with friends and family, or going into a job or a career that someone else has pushed them into, whether you know we have expectations from our parents or our spouse or society or whatever it may be. So yeah, your job is is incredible on how to coach people into finding what their their passion and their purpose is. And when you're speaking, there were two types of people that came to mind and this is your area of expertise. So if there's more types of people, let me know. But I'm thinking there's the person who is like, I don't I don't know what I'm good at. No one's ever told me, you know, this is my special talent. These are my natural talents. I don't know what I'm passionate about. I don't really know what my story is. And then there's the other person who is like, I have so many passions that I want to pursue. I want to be a graphic designer and a veterinarian and, you know, whatever else comes to mind. I want to do this, this, and this and be an entrepreneur. And so there's two different sides of the spectrum there. So how would you coach those two different types of people? I think that's a great question. I think for the person who has no idea, that's where you kind of start with these three components and you just start journaling with them, you start playing with them, but don't don't do it alone. Bring other people into your life to talk to you about it because again, especially with the natural talents, like it's oftentimes something you don't even realize you're good at. 
right? And you need other people to reflect it back to you. And I truly believe that people who are close to us can really be a mirror for us to understand more about ourselves. So use that as an opportunity. And so that would be the big thing there, right? And then for those who have like, wow, they they totally know themselves, but they have all these multiple passions. I think that's where the story is super important because you can have a lot of passions, but where does your story line up with them? That's why you need the story. The story is so powerful, right? Like you could have a passion for gardening. You could have a passion for skiing. You could have a passion for, you know, um, all these different things. But where does your story match up with something there, right? Because you can have multiple passions that have nothing to do with your career. And that's totally fine. And you should. But and of course, I have other passions. I have other natural talents. I have other um, stories. But that's where we're trying to find that alignment of the powerful story that matches up with that. And that's where you can say, wow, this becomes so purposeful for me because it's tied to this bigger why. It's tied to this story that um, you know I have. Let me give you an example of somebody. We have a coach in our community, uh, Natalia Edelman. And one of the things that happened to her, she also faced career burnout, a <laughs> common theme. And she was working in the wealth management uh, industry. So she was in the whole financial sector and she was on the path to burnout. She was having all those things we were talking about before, the brain fog and the stress and everything like that. And it was really starting to build. And she did something that it just, it, it just, I think is so powerful. And I think everybody can take something from this. She gave herself permission. She gave mm-hmm. herself permission to really get clear. And that can look different for everybody. But what she did was, she went to her boss and asked for a sabbatical. Now, some people are like, well, that sounds good, but like, <laughs> nice try. Like, it's not going to happen. Though she felt that way too. I mean, she was absolutely shocked when the boss said yes. The sabbatical was important for a couple of reasons. One, it allowed her to really heal her burnout, right? And to go through this healing that she really desperately needed or she was going to be going a really dark path. But it also allowed her to get really clear about her story and her passion and her talents. And it really, ultimately, she uh, went on to become a holistic wellness coach. But guess what she does? It's not just, you know, the cool thing about coaching, as you know, is like, it's not just about becoming a coach and whatever your kind of specialty or niche is. If you bring your story through it, I'm, I'm amazed by this every day. All of the coaches in our community are doing something very different that aligns with their story. So for Natalia, she's now teaching people about wealth and wellness and leading these really amazing retreats because she's taking her story of everything she learned about in the financial management sector, combining it now with her passion, right? And her talents. So just another example about how this all comes together for people, but you say, what can people do well, you got to give yourself permission, and it may not be asking for a sabbatical from your job, but it might be giving yourself a sabbatical on the weekends. A sabbatical doesn't have to be, you know, six months off, it could be every Saturday morning. I'm going to give myself permission to start exploring these things because I really want to know why am I here? What am I meant to do? How could I show up more powerfully rather than, than just going through the motions and you know, heading toward burnout? Mm-hmm. I mean. That's super powerful. Like you said, reeling your story into that, you know, there's, let's say I'm not the only nutritionist in the world, but my story is kind of what makes me unique and how I can help other people. So that does become part of why someone would choose me. And part of my natural talents is because I can relate on that type of level. So I just love that weaving your story into what you do makes you unique and it brings a a certain perspective and 
Earlier, you mentioned a little bit of that, that riskiness to leaving your job and the different types of people who either will take more risks or not take more risks. But for someone who's feeling totally burnt out, but they're terrified to leave their job and to do something else. So let's say they did this, you know, getting into alignment, they journaled about their natural talents, passions, their story and realized, wow, I'm in the wrong career field. (laughs) Do you have any advice for someone who is a little bit afraid to take that jump to find new opportunities to take that risk and that leap? I totally get where you are right now. It is scary. And we've been talking about your story, but we also have stories that we tell ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. Stories that are either from our upbringing, our unconscious thinking. They're basically like phrases we say or think about. Maybe we don't even realize that they're kind of badges of honor we carry. Just a couple of example ones are like, you know, I can never leave this job, as you're saying. Mine was never risk a lot for a little. That was one of them, as I said. Money doesn't grow on trees, right? I'm not good at relationships could be another one. There's all these different narratives that we're carrying around, right? Um, You have to work hard to make money. Finding your purpose is a pipe dream. Another big one for people is I have to be the responsible one, i.e. I have to pay the bills and therefore I cannot leave this position, right? You know what? Some of these narratives might have some truth to them. But let's look at our narratives and decide how much truth is there and what do we want to do about them, right? Do we want to keep them? Do we want to evolve them? Because here's the thing about narratives. Narratives impact the choices we make or don't make, right? And if we can, we can replace our narratives. If we have a new narrative, what happens is we make a new choice and that choice means new behaviors. And then guess what? It means a new story, But we have to be willing to look at the narratives first and kind of see where they're coming from because they might have been narratives that our parents passed down to us. And again, we can be grateful for those because they've taught us something. But we also get to say, do I really believe that narrative? Do I really want to carry that forward? Is that my legacy? I want to keep passing on. We don't have to. We can write new narratives. And here's the thing. There's a quote out there. Nothing changes if nothing changes. I love that quote. Nothing changes if nothing changes, right? So we have to decide to make that change and we can do it. And I have seen so many people do this who would you would say, this would be impossible for this person. There's too many things going on in this person's life. They face so many hardships. They're, you know, uh, you know, it goes on and on and on. And anybody can do this if they are willing to take those first steps. Again, it doesn't happen overnight, but I've watched so many people evolve and really, um, change their stories and rewrite their stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even earlier of what you were saying, you know, I've had countless people tell me this of, oh, you're going to leave a steady job to become an entrepreneur. And, you know, you're leaving this steady job with a steady income to go do something that has so many ups and downs. You're wearing so many hats. And so I got a lot of pushback on that. And I'm curious, just as to where you see the future going with all the different types of careers out there. If you were to have a class, let's say in high school, is there anything, you know, would you be open to telling students explore whatever your passions are and, and, you know, don't think about the money first because now there's a lot of 
younger people who are like, well, I can make money on TikTok and, you know, I can make money doing X, Y, Z. And it's, it's not, it's less about the money and more about the passion. So would you, if you were to teach a course, what would be some of those foundational principles that you would help guide the younger generation to finding their passions and purpose? I love that. And I think we are just going to see that naturally with the younger generation. We're already seeing it started with the millennials and it's going to continue on um, with future generations is that they're not really willing to go sit in a cubicle from nine to five or frankly, seven to eight um, or whatever the time frame is. They're not willing to do it, right? First of all, their, men- their, their brain actually functions differently than ours. Like they can't do it, right? Um, you know, because they have just such a different capacity for technology and how everything has happened. But we're starting to see that they're not willing to do that, right? Because they need to do something that's meaningful. And I do mm-hmm. think, you know, if, if, if the educational system could support people to at least explore their passions and look at it from this lens, like things would be so different. Um, and, you know, you know, I, as you can tell at this point, I love quotes. And one of them is uh, <laughs> Howard Thurman says, don't ask what the world needs. Ask what makes you come alive and then go do that because what the world needs is people who have come alive, right? So what if we had some classes around what makes me feel alive, right? And exploring that. And one thing I've shared with my son is something that um, I heard Brene Brown say once is like, you've got a little light inside of you, right? And there's people that are going to try to blow that candle out. And then there's others that are going to keep that flame going. And you can also keep the flame going yourself. But I think that also, as I'm talking about this, it also relates to our purpose in life and, and our passions, like what lights that flame, right? And if we were coming from that lens, like imagine a world where everybody was really doing what make them felt what, what what was making them feel alive, what was really keeping that light going. I think things would be super amazing, right? Um, so wow, if we could at least get people on that path so that they could explore that or have that in their awareness, I think it would inform the choices that they make and also help them to really write their own stories and create narratives that were like, hey, this is possible and this is something important too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can I just like you said, I can see that shift already. I know me being a millennial, a lot of my friends and luckily I had a super supportive mom who was like, whatever you want to do, I'll support you hundred percent. But I have friends who have grandparents or their parents who were like, you, you need to go to university or college. You need to get a degree. You need to do X, Y, Z. You need to become a doctor or a lawyer compared to nowadays. It's a little bit less of that. So I'm curious, just as a mom in, in the field that you are, have where do you see the future going in that education system? Do you feel like a university or a college degree is absolutely necessary or the way you're going to parent? Are you going to say, let's follow your passion? And you know what, if you're passionate about plumbing, let's make sure that you're a super successful plumber and you're super happy. And what's your outlook on that? Yeah. And really our family, we were all just talking about this recently over the holidays with the grandparents, like you had all the generations there. So it was kind of interesting. And, you know, we're saving a course for our son's education right now, but we're also like, wow, what is that going to look like? Right. And we have to also be able to save in a way that allows us to be flexible. It can't just be like, here's our savings and it can only go to college. Right. So that was really part of the conversation. We need to save in a way that allows us to use those savings for potential multiple things that we don't even know about right now. I mean, just look what's happened even in the last two years, five years, 10 years, like it's absolutely insane. Like things are changing so quickly. I mean, look at uh, the new AI uh, chat apps that are coming out right now, like literally 
literally just in the last month, if people understand this, the world has changed in terms of information. Like you could go on there and ask a question and then, you know, you could just like, there's your answer. You could use that to submit for your homework. Like watch out kids. It's going to be insane. (laughs) So, um, you know, the point is, is that, um, we have to be open and we have to be willing to see that the world is always evolving and changing. And now it's happening. It's just going to keep, I think, getting faster and faster, the momentum with it. And so, yeah, that's in our mindset. We, we are totally aware that like things are going to look very different by this time. Our son is in college and college. We don't know what that means means, right? And we have to be able to um, be open to that experience. So, and, you know, I think we've seen a lot more young people, you know, even taking that, that leap year off or whatever they call it, the sabbatical, the, you know, the skip year um, where they're, you know, they're going to explore things. Um, And I've seen so many people, even my age included, who um, just followed the path and didn't know what they wanted to do. And then they, you know, they had a lot of student debt and they weren't able to, uh, they never really ended up using their education in a way that was meaningful. So I think education in whatever way it shows up is huge. The fact that we have education available to us, especially in this country, is like, it's such a gift, right? But let's get clear about what we really want to learn about so that it it makes it worth the journey. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And you know, there's so many areas that we can learn from, whether it's life lessons or whether you do go to to college or university, there's hundreds of different classes you can take to really discover your purpose. And so would you ever recommend someone work for free just in different avenues to explore? You know, maybe they do want to do graphic design, so they'll do an apprenticeship for someone in that field or what's your outlook on that? I mean, if, if whatever way you can absorb information and like take it in, if that means being an apprentice to someone and you have the ability to do to do so and resources to support you to doing that, like, yeah, you know, like that's amazing. You know, I mean, for me, I kind of think about it now. It's not that I don't value my uh, education and credentials that I got. And I, I think I would say everything I learned, first of all, I, I hardly remember really what I learned in college, to be honest with you. And I don't really think that what I learned in terms of education information I'm actually like using today. Some people might argue, well, you went to business school, you're in business. Okay. Um, still, I don't, I don't, I don't see it that way. But what I will say is that I wouldn't take that experience away because I feel like every experience led me to what I'm doing today. And even that was a part of my journey and story that without it, I probably wouldn't be doing what I'm doing today. So I think a lot of um, people are like, oh my gosh, I don't know what I want to do. If you end up going on a path and you're like, oh, this isn't it. Again, life is happening for you, not to you. There's something about it. Maybe it's not the whole thing, but there's some gem there that's going to inform what you do next if you're open to it. I love that. And I mean, there's so many other questions and things I could ask you, but I just want to say thank you so much for being on and sharing all your wisdom and and doing the work that you do, honestly, because so many people are experiencing burnout and, you know, it's exhausting not knowing your life's purpose and and trying to be trying to discover what you're here on this earth to do, that's a huge stress and pressure. So I just want to acknowledge you for doing the work that you do. And one of my final questions, is there anything that we didn't get to touch on that you just want to to share or if it's related to what we're talking about now or just totally off topic? I know you have lots of quotes that you love. So any wisdom that you want to share would be awesome. Well, I'll say this. Don't contort yourself to fit in someone else's box or someone else's version of you. 
And I think that's something I wish it's something I wish I would have realized earlier on, right? Because every little step I was taking in the beginning, even though I'm grateful for them it leading me to where I am today, oftentimes I was trying to fit into again the formula or um, you know what I thought I was supposed to be. And if we can realize we don't need to contort ourselves to fit in a certain way, if we can really just be ourselves, like my my eleven year old son said, you know, I want to be myself when I grow up. If we can constantly keep that in mind, and if, as soon as you find yourself mm, trying to contort, trying to shift, realize, take a step back. You don't have to do that. Um, and I think that's going to lead you to maybe what you're supposed to be doing next. Mm-hmm. I love that. Tuning into what you want to do and not contorting to you know what what someone else wants you to do. So I appreciate that. And I appreciate you for sharing all your knowledge. If you could share with everyone where they can find you, where they can listen to the podcast, get the book, where they can work with you, all those good details. Well, sure. I have a couple of things. One is I'll I'll share for those who are like, okay, kind of feeling they really want to learn more about the career burnout piece and like maybe like what they're meant to do. And a lot of the themes that we talked about today, I do have a special gift that you won't find out there on our website for your listeners called it's at superpowergift.com. And it's our career superpower quiz. I love quizzes. So, Um, but it's basically going to help you with that formula about really kind of uh, tapping into your unique talents, your passion, your story. And you're going to figure out what your career superpower is. And the cool thing is, is that you'll get your own kind of customized profile and type and you'll get some videos to support you. But what you'll see is it's not just about your career. It impacts your health and wellness. It impacts um, your life. It impacts your relationships once you know your career superpower. So that's great for people in that situation. For those of you listening who are like, wait a second, this was really interesting from the wellness standpoint, from the career standpoint, you know, maybe I've faced some health challenges that I've overcome. I want to help people. I think you might really enjoy getting Live Well, Dream Big, our book at iawpwellnesscoach.com forward slash guide. You can get a free copy of the book and you'll hear 12 stories about people who went on a similar journey and how it informed their career path and wellness. Amazing, incredible resources. So we'll link it all and link everything back to you. And just wanted to say thank you so much again for being on. Well, thank you for having me. It was just such a delight talking with you. (laughs) 